and welcome to another episode of the First Strike Podcast. I'm Elliot Fortier, your host, sitting in for KYT. Joining me tonight are my two lovely co-hosts, Derek Pite and Andy Robdrup. We've got a lot to talk about with M19 coming going live on Magic Online over the weekend. Uh, but before that, got to shout out our sponsors, facetofacegames.com, the place to buy, sell, and trade and shop Magic the Gathering. Once again, that's facetofacegames.com for all your Magic the Gathering needs. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Andy, did you play any pre-releases this weekend? Uh, I played three, if, uh, if you count Magic Online. Uh, and uh, so my overall f- feeling of the format was that for Sealed, it was a little weird because there's a lot of synergies built in the decks, and Sealed, sometimes you get a mishmash of these synergies, and sometimes you just miss on the synergy altogether and your decks look like crap. But uh, in, in my first sealed deck, I had like a black-white life gain matters deck. And oh my lord, was it good. Because it has the uncommon siege rhino. That's a flyer. And like just a bunch of incidental things that all of a sudden make your cards crazy. And it has good removal. So my first deck I did pretty well with. And then my second deck I did meh with. And it, honestly, it wasn't that powerful. It was just like blue-red stuff. But I got ran over by better blue, bluer and redder stuff, big dragons. And then my third sealed was just one of the worst sealed pools I've opened. So I did absolutely horrible in 3 But uh, one thing I have noticed about the format is it seems like a, a format where uh, two mana two twos are just not playable, which is cool. I like those kind of formats where like you don't just have to play two two drops in your deck so you don't get caught behind. At least in the sealed format, it seems like it'll be another format that's going to be slow and pretty synergy-based, similar to Dominaria, but I'm not sure if it's going to live up to possibly one of the best draft formats of all time. But I think it looks pretty cool so far. Uh, Derek, did you get any chances to play? Yeah, I played two and a third, I guess, if you if we're counting Moto PG. Uh, uh, PTQs, <laughs> uh, pre-releases. Um, I agree with Andy for the most part that the format is slow, but I do also think that there is an aggressive red-white deck that uh, can be abused. Um, the the three-one mare is very the horse is very good, and there's a lot of like cards in the format like random combat tricks that I, I find are very good. Um, also, I noticed the one thing I like about this core set is that there's at least five bombs that feel like unbeatable almost. Like I, pl- I got paired against the Naya dragon and my opponent cast it on turn six, all three games. And I only managed to kill them on one because they were DOB anyways. But uh, most core sets I find like there's nothing unbeatable. Um, it's just like a bunch of really good cards, uh, but nothing like super game ending. And I like that about this core set. It feels to me like, uh, there's actually things that are really hard to beat that you have to learn to beat in order to like understand the format properly. Um, that being said, the dragons are pretty stupid. Uh, I definitely got wrecked by one, and I feel like if it didn't have hex proof before it hit me, I could have definitely killed my opponent the turn I drew the plummet. But uh, that doesn't matter. Um, I went two two in both my pre releases, so I also think the format's definitely dip more difficult um, at first glance. Uh, yeah, seal in general is just like pretty difficult, right? Like Andy said, it's very synergy based, and then sometimes your decks are just bad. But 
overall, I liked it. Uh, I don't know if I'll play sealed again. It's not really a relevant format, but I'm definitely excited to play draft. Uh, unfortunately, we're not drafting at the PT. Um, that's a brag. Uh, so I won't be uh, drafting much either, but it, it looks like it'll be more fun than Ixalan for sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's always pretty bizarre with like the synergy based uh, limited formats is like they really you get paid when you start drafting and you get to draft these super cool decks, these super synergy based decks. And then you just like get get unpaid whenever you try and play a sealed deck and you have like three life gain matter cards and no life gain or like I, I can't think of what the other synergies are like, but still like that kind of stuff happens all the time. So it just becomes more about your bombs. But I, I found it weird that you say you like a format more if it has more unbeatable rares. I just I remember playing the last core set and there were no good rares in the format. Like there are good rares, but there are no great rares. And then I felt like I drafted a really high synergy deck, and my opponent would either play Cone of Flames or Triplicate Spirits against me. And I feel like I could never beat those cards if I didn't have one of my own. But if there was like an, a, a good rare in the format or like some other card that made it so I could beat those cards, I feel like maybe the format would be a bit more fun. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about it incorrectly. If, if I open triplicate spirits compared to like if I open an unbeatable bomb sort of thing. Man, what's I, wrong? What, is, what is wrong with you? you you're, like, you're like, I need a better card to beat these cards that are too good. I, I just want to like, need a better card to beat those cards. I just like a, po- a higher power level format. Uh, it feels like my, my choices have more of an impact, but yeah, I'm just misevaluating it. I don't know. Oh my. I, I, I am not fully grasping your. I need something more powerful to beat these powerful cards. Uh, so, Andy, you're sort of alluding it to it at the end of when you're talking about your pre releases. Obviously, we're coming off Dominaria, which is regarded as one of, if not the best limited formats of all time. I know it's still early, but do you guys think that M19 will live up to it? You know, maybe not as good as Dominaria, but is it is this a good limited format? Uh, probably better better than Ixalan, worse than uh, Dominaria. But, like, that's a fine place to land in draft formats. The thing is, like, after you create, like, a Rise of the Eldrazi or a Dominaria draft format, it's just, you just can't live up to it, right? And no matter what's going to happen, is people aren't going to love it as much. Like, you do your best, obviously. Uh, I'm sure Watsy did their best to make it as good as possible, but it can't be as good. But hopefully it brings enough unique things to the table that it at least is fresh enough that it still has, is a lot of fun to draft. Yeah, this set looks exactly medium for me, uh, and I feel like that's exactly where you want a limited format to be. There's, uh, I'm really happy they brought back core sets so they can like print cards like Divination and Naturalize and Plummets without uh, clogging up um, cards in the newer sets, and it feels to me like that's where you want to be. Um, yeah, it's, it's nothing too crazy. Like It's no cons, there's no Dominaria. But you can't have a cons and dominaria every single time, right? And uh, I feel like this this uh, this core set will definitely be one of the core sets that people will remember as not being entirely awful. Whereas I have very bad memories of Cone of Flame and Triplicate Spirits etched in my mind. <laughs> now, obviously, you guys have played mostly sealed so far in the pre-releases have you neither of you have get, had a chance to draft or have you checked out any drafts do you is the draft format kind of more of the same with seal have you found or 
No, I think it's going to end up being mo- like quite a bit more interesting because of the the synergies within the archetypes. Like the thought of like drafting a cool black white life game matters deck is you have like some cards that like a Johnny's Pride Mate. It is a fine card in most decks. Like it's a two mana two two that has enough upside if you have any life gain that it's like probably worth running. But like when you get it in a good life gain deck, then all of a sudden like all your other cards that like have incidental life gain gets so much better like that three mana two two flying black vampire like that card's already pretty good but like when you start having like a johnny's pride mates and stuff like that in your deck and other synergies within your deck it starts getting really good or the black removal spell the uh, you gain one life a creature gets minus x minus x equal to the life you've gained this turn then that stuff starts getting really good and that's where you start getting these really really cool decks yeah, I, I kept getting uh, wrecked by the uncommon bat dude. That every time you gain life, make a at the end of your turn, make a bat. I didn't even know that card was in the format. And then my opponent just like played it, and then like gained a life, just one life, and the game was pretty much over. I couldn't really do much after that. They just kept making a bat every turn. It was really frustrating. And uh, yeah, I feel like in in draft, there's going to be a pretty good uh, red white aggressive deck. Um, and I don't think you can get aggro decks and sealed, really. You sort of have to be more uh, mid-rangey, middle-of-the-line, uh, maybe have a couple good removal spells, not really too controlly though, unless you open a very specific thing. But in, in draft, you can definitely tune your deck to the way you want it to be. And if you open a dragon, uh, pick one, pack one, you can definitely build your deck a lot differently, whereas if you just like open Naya Dragon and you're in black-white, like, it's not exactly easy to play that card, right? So draft draft will definitely be a bit more fun, I think. Yeah, I'm also glad to see like the 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 coming to play tab dual lands making uh, another return. I think they're uh, pretty key to have in slower formats to allow you to like play a third color without having to like completely bastardize your deck your deck or your mana base in order to play it. So I love that those are like kind of in the land slot oddly for some packs. But um, that that whole thing's a little weird. But I think overall, it's probably a benefit anyway. But I, I like that. And, and one thing you mentioned, Derek, about the white red aggressive deck is that they have that really cool card that's like a two mana two one. When it comes into play, it gives something plus two plus zero oh, and first strike. That card goes from being like just fine to just being ridiculous in an aggro deck. Like you can't block, and that's a pretty cool ability that I don't know you don't see out of two drops that often. So. I'm interested in seeing the decks where that card becomes bonkers as well. So it sounds like uh, M19 draft and limited looking good, looking good so far. Uh, go ahead and, and jump up some power level. How has M19 been impacting standard for you guys? I'm sure Derek, I know you've been streaming a bit of it. Maybe you don't want to leak all the tech before the pro tour, but do you have some first thoughts on the format and how M19 is fitting in? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that core sets have always been low power level. Um, I don't actually see many archetypes that are being broken or being, I don't know, busted open. But there's definitely been a few deck lists running around with Bolas. And I think one today that Matthew Folks tweeted uh, that was like White Black Knights, which seems kind of interesting. Um, it builds on the old history of Benalia uh, two drop knights curve with a Johnny. Um, so I think that deck is pretty good, especially when a lot of people are trying to play control and blue-black mid-range, uh, splash bull less. I think in a format um, with 
the last like the last format with black red being very powerful it's very hard for you to think that you can reliably cast a bolus on turn four with your mana and expect to be ahead in the game um when your opponent goes one drop two drop three drop kill your bolus right uh like it's it's not as impactful as the scarab god and it costs an extra color mana it's the the opportunity cost on bolus i just think is way too high I think you want to be closer to the the white black knight stack and just have consistency and power on a on a level uh, like every single turn. Uh, maybe not as powerful as Bolas, but definitely up there, uh, especially with your syner- synergistic draws. Um, I'm very low on Bolas right now, but I also could be building the deck wrong. It's week one, so there's not a lot to be said other than that. Um, I'd say like look out for mono monocolor decks. Uh, I think that the the white decks, mono white is actually there's a like a mono white deck with a triple white lord popping up again. I think maybe people have forgotten about chain whirler, but it could also just be good. Um, there's people trying to play a catcher's monument again. <laughs> Once again, I think they forgot about chain whirler, but it could also just be good. I I don't know yet. I haven't played it. Um, other than that, I don't really. I have a lot to say about the format. I've just been jamming blue-black. So, things are definitely shaping up. It's exciting. Andy, have you got a chance to play any standard or check out some standard at all? Yeah, and I think Derek's kind of pointed out the things that have changed the most for standard is that the white decks have some additional power to them. So, uh, I took a look at the white deck, the Oketra's Monument deck, and uh, <clears throat> though Chainwiller kills the, the cats or whatever uh, tokens, warriors that thing makes, it doesn't kill anything else in the deck. And the rest of the deck is full of some pretty powerful cards, and they could just play an Angel of Invention and put counters on it to like get around it, but a Braid is still a card. And once this deck gets good, a Braid gets good, but it, I think a lot of it hinges on how good Dusk to Dawn will be in the deck, because when that card's good, this deck all of a sudden gets really good, in my opinion just because it has like the ability to go wide in a way that isn't <clears throat> completely destroyed by Goblin Chain Whirler, and also has the ability to kill all the bigger creatures with Dustedon, and has some flyers, and now a draw engine with Mentor of the Meek. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is the white-black knights deck, just, just like Derek said, is Ajani looks pretty powerful, and History of Benalia is just a, a stupidly powerful card. It's ridiculous. It's, it's very powerful. If you have any other knights in play when it goes off, aside from the knights that it made, it's just one of the most powerful things you could be doing. And the, if there's a lot of black decks, then the white knight all of a sudden gets incredibly good. Like, a deck like Derek's deck, like or blue-black midrange, if you go, like, white knight into history of Benalia, you are, you are struggling to win that game, for sure. Those are, like, two back-breaking four-ofs in your deck that you could, that you play that are good no matter what turn you play them. You don't even have to play them on curve for them to be that back-breaking. And that's pretty scary for black decks. So hopefully like that kind of stuff can keep the format in check where like the blue-black decks aren't dominating and then maybe someone, somewhere, some way will keep the red decks in check. I don't know who it's going to be yet, though. I don't know if anyone can do it. It's Goblin Chain Whirler's world until someone takes it from them. Uh, so these decks you guys have been talking about have mostly been sort of riffs on decks that we've seen in Standard already. You know, we had Oketra's Monument a few formats ago. We had Grixis Midrange a few formats ago. And obviously, Blue, Black, and White, Black, just straight from past Standard Dominaria. Uh, I, I think it's safe to call him a friend of the show. Brian Gottlieb 
had a, a stream today or yesterday, and he had some pretty wild decks on it. Did, did you guys get a chance to check those out? There was like a, a green-black scapeshift mending of Dominaria. Did you guys see any of that? I saw the picture on Twitter, but did not watch his stream. Same. I peeped a couple of his wild deck lists and didn't really, oh, didn't really see anything that uh that was like, oh wow, this is really good. It was all just like, what is Brian doing? He's really falling off the deep end on this one. Scape shift and standard. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just missing it. Who knows? Yeah, he's doing the hard work out here. The thing with like. <laughs> I think someone mentioned that this might be like the most amount of cards that have ever been in a standard because uh, we have a lot of sets and we have a lot of big sets, which typically in the old block, uh, the way the blocks worked is that there'd be one to two small sets. And I think it would rotate like this one would have two, the next one would have one, but we just have a bunch of big sets. And so now we're, we're sitting in a standard that's enormous. So for, for one set to come in and change everything, it would take quite a bit. Like Dominaria, you could argue, was the kind of set that could do that, right? There's like a blue-white control deck that's like entirely built around it. There's like knights decks that are entirely built around Dominaria. But unless you're like running on that kind of power level, you, you, one set shouldn't come in and change the format. So M19, I don't think, has the ability to do so. You have to like see cards that are just obviously incredibly powerful, like we did with Teferi and History of Benalia. But there's nothing that to that power level. So th I don't think it's going to wildly change standard, but you're just going to see like a few cards and lists until rotation, which is typically the pattern for the last set of standard. Yeah, so right now we're recording on Tuesday. We've only had one deck dump so far for standard. And, uh, you know, it's mostly stuff from last format, as I was just saying. Uh, of note, of not mentioned so far, there was a mono black zombies deck. Uh, you know, that, that one's been kind of a meme going around. I don't know if you guys are in the loop. Uh, is, that, is that deck real at all? Uh, I have not lost to it with blue-black, so I don't know how good the deck actually is, um, but it seems like a lot of removal is really good against the creature-based deck. Um, take that as you will. Maybe there's some sort of resiliency built in the sideboard or that people can tune out of the main deck, but for the most part, I find it's just a worse mono red deck or a worse red black deck um, that people are just excited to play because of the new cards. Yeah, it so it goes it goes wide, but it goes wide slower. It doesn't have like the the inevitability of some other go wide strategies. But what it what it does have is it it has like a slew of resilient creatures and some built in card advantage with those creatures, and that sometimes is a recipe for success in standard. But, like, it, Crypt Breaker was a hell of a card, and that card was what really ticked the last zombie deck, and also the removal spell that literally made zombies. And instead of that, it got, like, Graveyard Marshal, which is a very good card. But uh, I'm not sure if it's good enough to, to, like, make up for all of what was lost. Now, you mentioned Graveyard Marshal there, and also uh, a lot of the recursive synergies that are in zombies do you think that uh graveyard marshal might have a, a home in some other black mid-range decks like maybe uh the white black knights deck you guys were talking about i didn't think of it because it's double black but uh i am going to explain what the card does because something that ticks me off about podcasts is when they don't say what the card does because i don't read enough so they would 
talk about the card. I don't know what it does. So it's a black black for a 3-2 zombie soldier. And you can pay two and a black, exile a creature from your graveyard to create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. And so I haven't thought about it in those like mid-range creature strategies like the Knights decks, because it takes, it takes a lot of black to run a double black card. And one of the ideal situations from this, like maybe played on turn five where you'd have triple black. So I, I don't know if it's in the best spot for that, but I could see it doing that kind of stuff going forward. But I don't know like uh, if in this current format that it, it's able to, to fit in like the mid-range creature strategy. And I guess just to wrap up standard again, Derek, not asking you to, to leak all the info, but maybe one deck. One deck that you're hoping to try with some new M19 cards. What is it going to be? Give us the deets. Um, I'm going to be honest with you there. There's been nothing that I've wanted to try out. All these decks look incredibly medium. Just like last standard, uh, it seems to me you just have to pick a deck for the weekend and know your archetype really well. Uh, I remember Fournier won a PTQ with white-black knights about in the middle of the format, and then two days later said the deck was unplayable. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, other than Bolas is probably overhyped, and watch out for Mono Red still. <laughs> yeah, people tend to forget about Dre, and what always happens is that everyone tries these new decks, and then eventually like it all loops back around to Every single person with a new deck just getting crushed by Mono Red. Why did they print Chain Whirler? It's so oppressive. I can't play my cat's deck. <laughs> All right, so it sounds like maybe a bit of a called shot from last week. We said that maybe M19 wouldn't make a big impact on Standard, and that sounds like it's the first impression as well. So uh, in, in the spirit of the last step up we took, how about modern? Do you guys think the M19 is going to affect modern at all? I know we just had the the GP in Sao Paulo. didn't have any M19 cards in it. Uh, but I saw them popping up in the league post from today. So do you guys have any thoughts? Uh, I haven't seen any new cards. The closest thing I've seen people talking about from a new card for modern or for, yeah, from the M19 is like the... I'm going to butcher this card's name. I don't know what it's called, but it's like the Burgle, the Bugle. The three um, minute bugler. Bugler. Yeah, two and a two and a white for a two three vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, you look at the top four cards of your library, and you can reveal a creature. I think it has to be a human with power two or less. Yeah. So I'm not a believer, but um, it's like people have been talking about playing in the humans because it, it is a human, and it does have an ability to find some of your other good humans. Yeah, so just to go over quickly some of the, the quick hits that I saw in the league results, there was a, a Humans deck that was packing three copies of Militia Bugler. Uh, there was a, a Bant deck with some Militia Buglers and some, uh, I think it had some of the Spirit, the new Spirit that sacrifices to exile a graveyard in its sideboard. And uh, there's also Bant Spirits. There's a, a new Spirit that, um, I forget exactly what it does, but it's a, a Blue Spirit and also the new White Spirit that exiles. So it had both of those in it. Uh, could it be, do you guys think it's just people testing the waters, you know, why not throw these cards in your deck and see what happens? Or or do you think these cards maybe will last in the format? Yeah, so, so the, the new spirit is, it's a, a two mana, one three. So it's one and a blue for a one three that is a lord for spirits, which spirits never had a two mana lord. So I'm, I'm not surprised to see people try that. Because like spirits has always been like a very close to being very good strategy. Because like, it has some tempo elements to it, and it also just has like some really powerful cards like Spellqueller and 
Drugskull Captain plus Phantasmal Image is game over against some decks. But um, I, I'm not sold on these uh, b- b- buglers being that good. I, I can't actually believe that the name is a bugler. So you could be trolling me, and it's burglar, but I'm going to keep calling it bugler. But uh, I, I have a hard time believing that that card is going to stick around. Like, a three-mana, two-three, sometimes draw a card. No thanks. Derek, do you have any thoughts on M19 in Modern, or have you been standard guy? Uh, yeah, I'm extremely standard guy. The only thing that I thought about Modern is the bannings last week, or the, the no bannings. Uh, I think that that has a lot more impact in the format than M19 has. I definitely think that a lot of people are just testing the waters in these uh, spirits and humans deck. I'm a firm believer that if you're searching for a card in your deck, you should probably just play more copies of it. I don't really know many cards in humans that I would want to search for that I couldn't just like find some other way uh, with this bugler card. And like, I don't don't know. doesn't seem like that's what I want to be doing. It's also three mana. Uh, The deck is extremely mana short. And I don't know if you want to be cutting random cards for a bugler, but. Uh, maybe it's what exactly the deck wanted, and maybe now you can play more random one ofs and search for your phantasmal images and your uh, Thalia Captain, whatever that card's called. Um, yeah, nothing exciting. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, there was also Grand Prix Sao Paulo, which was modern this weekend. Uh, I think it ended up being won by Mardu, but it, I, I know the finals was Mardu versus Green Black Midrange or. Abzan Burner, sorry. Uh, and there was a, another KCI deck in the top eight, so that's, I think, five in a row that KCI is top eighted. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that on that Grand Prix? I know there were some, some weird things going on. There was four Valakit decks in the top 16. Kind of not what we've been seeing. No humans, only one hollow one. Any thoughts? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Like, you can't put too much weight into to one modern event. But uh, maybe these decks are starting to try and prey on humans. Maybe humans is actually beatable. But I have a hard time believing that this event is indicative of, like, what modern is going to be like. Because there's, like, a red-green Eldrazi deck and a bunch of Titan Shift decks. And we haven't seen those decks in forever. Uh, <clears throat> The the thing that I thought was most interesting is I like tuned in to watch the finals and just to see Mardu Pyromancer versus Abzan Traverse, just these two two good honest creature decks where the last GP, like the, the most copies of creatures were like Vendillion Click and Snapcaster Mage. So there's just like no honest creatures in the top eight basically at all. And this one, the finals, two honest creature ga- decks. I, I think there's even Tarmogoyfs in one of them. <clears throat> Tarmogoyf in modern but uh i don't know it's it's a lot of the typical things that you see murder pyromancer at least is proving to be like the the best mid-range deck by a lot now i think and i don't know everything else is sort of what you expect i i do think it's interesting that like the kci decks seem to only like win when they're being piloted by very good players and it's funny because like i look at that deck and sometimes i feel like i'm pretty good at figuring out combo decks but it just looks miserable to me to try and figure out that combo deck. There's just there's times where I'm watching Matt Nass's stream and I watch him sack all his lands to like put his trawler in play and not go off. And I'm just like, I would have never done that. Not in a million years would I have just put trawler in play go. 
but he he just keeps doing it, and all the man does is win with the deck. So that deck is certainly beyond my my pea brain capabilities, it seems. But I wonder if it'll end up being like Amulet Bloom, where not a lot of people play it, but the people who do play it win all the time, and it's a difficult deck, and then eventually it gets banned because it's actually too powerful. But the only reason it doesn't come out in like these disgusting tournament dominating numbers is because of its difficulty. Derek, do you have any thoughts on the Grand Prix results or kind of just agree with Andy? Uh, I think this is the Grand Prix that people will try to use to support their fallacy that mid-range decks are good again. It's like, well, Sao Paulo, uh, there's two mid-range decks and a bunch of Alicite decks in top eight. The deck's good again. No, I think maybe for once the outliers just all fell into the same top eight or maybe there's a big uh, Valakut following in wherever the Grand Prix was. I don't know what country that was. Uh, but it's, it's, it seems to me like uh, this is just the one weekend where people uh, either weren't playing humans or weren't playing enough decks that beat the other decks if these decks beat humans. Um, feels like, like I played humans for a league or two and I felt like I can't lose with it. And then I played Hollow One for a couple of leagues and I felt like I could lose with it, but I won anyways. Uh, so I don't really know how to feel about modern if people are beating both of those decks. Maybe maybe something's going wrong. or Maybe I'm just a genius and I should be playing more modern. But uh, I definitely think there's just some, some data outliers that happened this weekend. And I hope people don't bring up this Grand Prix constantly. Just, well, there's too many reinstructions. Like, Terminal Life is playable again. You know? Yikes. So we've talked about Modern a bit so far, but of course it is the upcoming PPTQ format starting on July 21st. Uh, that's for the Pro Tour Alliances of Ravnica, I think is what that set's called. The second Ravnica block set. Um, do you guys have any any thoughts on Modern of what people should be playing? Do you, Derek, you mentioned you played Humans and Hollow One and couldn't lose, or should people be sticking to those decks? Um, personally, I think in most formats, you just play the most powerful deck. Uh, if you're not willing to put in a lot of time and effort, uh, if you're willing to put in a lot of time and effort, I think decks like um, Amulet, KCI, Mardu Pyromancer, uh, maybe a control variant if you really understand the meta. But for the most part, like I think Hollow One humans are just uh, on average your most consistently powerful decks. And that's what you should either be playing or really trying to beat. Um, if I if I were playing pre TQs this season, those would be the two two decks I would that would be in my range. Andy, do you have any thoughts? I know you've uh, quite the history with modern. Um, I I would just play humans, but like I think for PPTQs or pre TQs, whatever you want to call them, I think it is a chance where it's not that wrong to play what you're comfortable with. So if you're like that guy or that girl who jams the a same deck every week and it's like a powerful deck, like the Grishol brands of the world, the storms of the world, I think it's fine to play them in, in PPTQs. I think the average like skill level of your opponents is going to be to a point where like you can outplay them with these decks. Like if you don't want to buy a whole humans deck for a PPTQ season, I think it's reasonable to just stick with your guns with what you're playing. I don't think you're, 
tossing enough away enough value that like it would make up for buying a whole humans deck if you don't have it. And I think you still have a very good shot at, w- at winning the tournament if if you know your deck well and know how to sideboard, which is very very important in modern, obviously, because of how powerful and and uh, the strategies are. But uh, I I would play humans if you have access to every card in the world. I would just play humans. And uh, if you think you can play KCI well, you can't. Don't play it. And uh, just play humans. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we'll go up one more level. Uh, obviously last week we talked about, uh, the legacy bannings and how much things have changed. We've gotten a bit, a bit of data. We had a league result. We had a moto challenge. Andy, I know you, again, I, you've been jamming some legacy, Derek, self-admitted, just standard. Uh, what do you think about legacy is it's kind of unfolded since the, since the bannings. All right. So. I've played a bit of Legacy, so the decks I've played are, I've played a lot of Rug Delver, and I've played a lot of uh, Sneak and Show. And what's been quite apparent to me is that I'm very ill-experienced in Legacy, but uh, it really didn't matter a lot when I was playing Sneak and Show. (laughs) Like, I would get chaliced out of a game, and then I would just go, Lango, Lango, Lance, show and tell, kill you. And that that deck, I think, gains so much from the bannings because, like, it it had it can, it's like fifty fifty against Rug Delver, and now that's that's the Delver deck of choice, and it was a bad matchup against Grixis Delver because of of the like Cabal therapies and and Thoughtsies and stuff like that that you could play, and now it has like a fine matchup in that, and then it gets everything else in the format. It's a hell of a powerful deck, and it can still just like combo you and kill you and and edgar friend of the show uh came second in the legacy challenge with sneak and show and i immediately took his list and 5-0'd with it beating friend of the show keith in in round one in a game where i uh didn't play a blue land till turn seven or eight but he didn't do anything so but yeah i think sneak and show is in a very good spot right now and i would and black red reanimator or like blue reanimator decks actually seem like they might be playable again. I did lose to a reanimator deck, and they happen to be in a sixth spot against Sneak and Show, which might be the best deck now, where uh, they just have fatties that they could have in their hands. So like Show and Tell is sketchy as all hell, and they have like their own stuff. Like they have dazes, they have spell pierces, and they could just bring bring in their own stuff from the graveyard. So like they're doing the same thing as you, except your strategy sucks more except for the card uh, Sneak Attack or Omniscience, which that card is something, let me tell you. But uh, Lance seems in a weird spot where, like, Lance went from a deck where I thought it was just, like, incredibly well-positioned. It's like, now I think it sort of sucks because it doesn't prey on anything anymore. <laughs> like, the deck it preyed on now plays a 1-1 Shroud and a 4-5 and a, a tr- uh, in Tarmogoyf and has stifle wasteland now and like one of its main game plans is to like mana screw its opponents so that, so that would be interesting I, I hope to see the f- it's it's weird so i i thought about this about this format is that it's like legacy just went backwards like three or four years to before death ray was printed and so that's why i think people are so excited to play this legacy format again is because it's just like a flashback like they do on moto like instead of flashback standard 2014, it's just flashback legacy 2014. 
all the players are like the same. All the decks are, I swear, are basically identical to what they were like uh, five, four or five years ago, whenever before Death Rite Shaman happened. Like all the top decks are just the same top decks that there were before. So I I hope that like the nostalgia doesn't uh, isn't hiding that this format sucks, but uh, this format seems pretty cool so far. Yeah, and so you mentioned there the that friend of the show Edgar made the finals of the Legacy Challenge where he eventually lost. Another bad beat for Edgar, uh, but he actually lost the finals of that challenge to the mirror match. There was two sneak and show decks in the finals. Maybe maybe it is the best deck. Maybe that's uh you know if you're if you're playing a legacy tournament this weekend and have every card ever, I guess you should be playing sneak and shows is what we've learned. Uh, Derek, you mentioned that last week that you were maybe going to do a bit of legacy testing. Uh, maybe you haven't played it, but have, have you talked to your teammates about legacy? Do you know what they're, they're looking into? Um, yeah, sort of. Obviously, like we're starting with what everybody else was starting with, and I think it's sneak and show. Um, and then... From there, Reanimator. Every single deck that uh, Deathrite shut down, I think everybody are just really willing to try to see if if it was just Deathrite or if it was the rest of the format. Um, I think that I'm not a huge legacy person, but I have been reading a lot on Twitter and uh, Sneak and Show and Teamer Delver are the two decks that are on everybody's radar. And then, of course, lands comes up in conversation. I've seen a couple of times, but uh, like Andy said, with it, with it having nothing to prey on um, and Delver decks getting better, it's it's hard for me to believe that lands is a good enough deck. But then again, like I also am no legacy expert. Um, if I were to play legacy, or I think where my teammates are starting is sneak and show, but uh legacy is such a weird and wild format that you can play a lot of different decks get very very good at them and maybe just get your hole in the format uh so i'm not entirely sure what that means and it's also only been like a week death Ray Channel was a hell of a card and having people now just learning not to play against it or play with it i think is something that's going to affect the metagame uh, a lot more than just like how powerful sneak and show is. Yeah, I think the the mono red uh, prison decks also get better because now when they blood moon their opponents, they don't just have a birds of paradise and play for a few turns to like let them maybe crawl into a game that they can't possibly win. So blood moon getting better is like obviously very very good for for that deck, but it's also very good for sneak and show because sneak and show plays it in the sideboard and. That's, like, what I remember the most from, like, uh, Legacy a few years ago is just seeing how incredibly good Blood Moon was against some of these, like, Delver decks and lands. And the fact that you get to just, like, have free wins in a couple different ways, it's, like, sort of similar to what Splinter Twin used to do in Modern, right? It had the the turn four Splinter Twin you, and it also just had turn three Blood Moon you, which was, like, lights out against some other decks. But in Legacy... There's decks that don't play any basics, so so it's it's even better in in Legacy. It's obviously like pretty slow. Three mana card in Legacy is sometimes not a lot, but when you get to play all the the fast lands, the ancient tombs, and the city of traders, and have an end game that re- can revolve around red mana in sneak attack, uh, I think sneak and show is. I would say it's the best deck right now, but 
very, very easily could change. Like Edgar 5 would also, this is the Edgar fan podcast. Uh, he 5 would with Grixis Delver with Bomac Couriers and uh, Gurmag Anglers and, st- and stuff like that too. So that maybe that deck's a real player. So uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm interested to see what the legacy format could produce that's different from four years ago. At least Miracles isn't what it used to be. Now it's just like a, a fair control deck. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, just off the top of my head, a deck that was sort of famously shut down by Deathrite Shaman was Goblins. Do you guys, have you guys seen any Goblins popping up? Do you guys think that that might be a deck again? Yeah, when I, when I, uh, when I first started playing competitive Magic, the guy I was hanging out with uh, had a lot of duels. And so we would go to Legacy Weekly, and I loved playing Goblins. And then they printed Mental Misstep, and Goblins wasn't playable for a month. And then they printed Deathrite Shaman, and ever since then, Goblins has been kind of bad. But uh, I have been seeing actually a couple of people playing it on, uh, on Twitch, and it looks super fun and exciting. And Goblins always has a special place in my heart because it's always super fun and exciting. And when you ever hit with a lackey, like, I don't know if you've ever felt pure adrenaline in your life. But when you hit with that lackey and you go like ringleader and you draw four cards, you siege gang on turn two and like, just try it. Just, just try it. It's better than anything else ever. I promise I would give up standard if I could always hit with lackey on turn two. Uh, Goblins was also my first legacy deck that I ever played. And uh, then they printed metal misstep and then I never played it ever again. And only, and then from there, just, I played mono blue control at the time but then just like varied on different delver decks but i would like to return to a world where where it's playable but i don't i'm not a believer that it's good enough but uh like everyone don't you just miss the days where it was merfolk and goblins and storm those are the three decks (laughs) i miss those days so i guess uh just before we close off the show let's uh Let's loop back to uh, to standard for a second. Um, do you guys think that uh, it's a uh, worthwhile for? Sorry, do you guys think that we'll see some innovative decks this weekend in the uh, this the SCG Open? Uh, it's a team open, meaning that one of the legs is standard, and uh, you know we mentioned legacy kind of slow to change modern PPTQ format. Maybe people aren't jamming as as much standard. Do you guys think that? Uh, the changes will still come through this weekend, or are we going to see a lot of a lot of the same Dominaria decks? There are going to be some wildly poorly built deck lists at this standard event this weekend, and I don't even know if I'm going to watch it because I just can't grasp how bad some of these decks are going to be. Like, uh, it's, it's it's hard to explain, really. But what's been popping up on the 5-0 moto lists are some of those decks are just like poorly built, just straight up poorly built. And I've had people ask me questions about deck lists and send me deck lists and all these things. And it's, it's amazing to me what people think is good just because a couple new cards came out. And I, I hate to sound pessimistic or too critical or whatever, right? But I'm, I'm trying to be honest. Like, there's like three decks in this format. Nobody really knows how to build them correctly yet. And you're going to see some random stuff pop up this weekend. And, and people are going to be, th- be thinking that those decks are good. And then 
you'll realize that negate and duress are still in the format or <laughs> hardest lightning still kills things and fatal push is still around to push your metallic mimic right like and i don't it, it's just just you just if you want a good laugh look at the standard decks from this weekend and please don't play any of them <laughs> i think the the big brain move is to just take a Take a page out of Owen Turtonwald's book and just run his PT seventy five back. I actually think that would be just likely the best built deck in the tournament. Like, just don't add a single card. Run it back, and you're more likely to be right than you are to play some of the decks that have been popping up, without a doubt. And I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to try new things, and then the people who succeed the most in standard are going to go turn one Bomac Courier, turn two Scrounger, turn three Chain Whirler. And what's going to happen is you're going to look at your new, your harness landings that you've dusted off, and you're going to remember that it, like, what what are you doing? What are you doing? You're going to play a world of virtuoso. It's going to die. I got three thopters on the house, and then it's going to get chain whirlered, and you're going to immediately remember that no, like nothing from the new set is changing why these cards suck in standard right now, and. Like I hope that there'll be some innovative stuff, but I think the black red deck is like an it's an unbeatable monster where you can't get a super edge on it, basically. Like you can never be like sixty five against this deck. So it has like no bad matchups and it has like some good matchups. So I think like just play that deck if if you have a choice. If you have all the cards in the world. Play uh just play Owen seventy five. Uh, so Derek, you 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 agree with Andy? He kind of agreed with you. Just play red black or maybe blue black. Uh, just run back a deck from last format. I probably wouldn't play blue black. I would just play red black. Play red black or play black white. Don't get fancy. Just just play just play creatures. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I don't think you can risk playing blue black when a lot of people are trying out black white. Yeah, it would, it's just a nightmare. The, the other thing against that deck. Yeah, the other thing about blue black is it's extremely mid range. If somebody just comes comes to play with a better mid range deck uh, and doesn't care about the aggro decks, like you just can't beat them. Uh, you can probably beat them post board, but like they can also probably just beat you post board. It's, it's very hard to play a deck like blue black in an undefined meta game. Uh, whereas <laughs> that's the gravy for the black red decks. They really want really bad decks that don't know what's going on, who are playing uh tap lands and <laughs> bolus is hunter board i don't care if i discard this random card by hand you're dead to the chandra on board like well, it just makes it makes hazret even better oh my you think mulliganing was good <laughs> try playing hazret after they jam a bolus the bolus still can't block there's there's nothing a black red player loves more <laughs> than like tapped fetid pools tapped irrigated farmland go Oh, it it was so funny. I was streaming the Bolas deck, and every time I played uh, a Cycle Land, Edgar would type, "God, I love Guild Gates." <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, "I'm just gonna play Volva Courier on one. You don't do anything till your turn three, anyway. So it's like you didn't play first, you didn't play second, you just somehow are playing third. <laughs> and that's what people are gonna be doing this weekend. It's gonna be so tasty." I wish I wish I was going so I could just play some random aggro deck and crush everybody and hope that my modern and legacy player knew what they were doing to some extent. Black, red, humans, sneak and show, 
Write it down. Let's go. Just the boys are back in town is always playing in the background. People are looking at you. You're you're eating whatever that means. The darn kids are saying these days. All right. So it sounds like our recommendation for this weekend, if you're playing the the trios event, uh, black, red, and, mo- and standard humans and, le- and modern sneak and show and legacy, if I can get it out at all. Uh, do you guys have anything you guys want to add before we wrap it up? Any any more cool stories from your stream, Derek? Anything you want to add, Andy? Uh, Keith, stop trying to play Maverick and don't play Chalice for Zero when you have a Chalice for Zero in play. All right, that sounds like some solid advice for anyone. Um, no, I don't, can't really think of anything. Um, somebody, somebody sent me a good deck list. Somebody put time and effort into building a standard deck list and send it to me. So I can play it and feel good about playing standard. Because right now there's, there's I play like maybe three or four decks and they all just kind of meh. So I'd really like to win this PT. And if you want to help me win this PT, send me your deck lists. Thanks. This has been an announcement from the Misplaced Ginger. Help Derek win the Pro Tour Fund. If you would like to invest, please send PayPal money too. All right. And with, with Derek Schilling for a standard deck list, that's going to do it for us. Big thanks to everyone tuning in live. Special thanks to our Patreons as well. You can support the show by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash first strike. Our Patreons get special access to the First Strike Nation where you can get exclusive content as well as maybe some of the deck lists that people are sending Derek. Uh, more details about the Patreon are online at patreon.com slash first strike. Uh, and special thanks to our First Trek producers and my co-hosts. Uh, on behalf of myself, Andy, and Derek, thanks so much for tuning in and see you guys next week. Everyone wave. See ya. See ya.